Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on a beautiful Friday morning in the studio right here behind the church. If you live anywhere near Atlanta, Queen City uh, area here in Texas, we encourage you to come on out and be a part of the Bible study. Robin's here this morning. Sister Kathy drove in from the other side of Shreveport, which is about an hour away. So uh, we're just thankful every time we have folks in the studio. And I know that people are watching and will be watching later when they get off work. And so we're just... Uh, very encouraged to be able to share God's Word with God's people. So grab your Bibles and let's get ready to follow along this morning. And we will be in 1 Timothy beginning in chapter 6 verse 1 this morning. Excited about that and we've, we've ran through some things in 1 Timothy. And really, really if you were to step back from the book of 1 Timothy, the letters to Timothy, you would see uh, really that it's a lot of instruction, a lot of uh, uh, things being told Timothy and the church there in Ephesus as well as us today uh, so that we can learn how to behave in the house of God as the children of God. Uh, and, and, and one word really could describe uh, the overall goal of uh, these two letters to Timothy and the saints there in Ephesus and again as well as you and me and that's godliness and we're going to see that today to live a godly life and that's the most important thing in the heart of God for His people is to live with the expression of Him. That is why we are on the earth and to see the lost saved and to express Christ in our very lives every day, to live lives that are becoming the gospel, Philippians chapter 1 tells us. So in, in, in the heart of God, that's the most important thing to be living as a child of God, not according to our thoughts and opinions. We have the Word of God to be led by the Spirit of God according to. And not, not even that's not left up to our own interpretation. Uh, the Bible uh, is always focused on Jesus and the way He lived and the way He died and what His death meant and how that all relates to us today for our lives, not on Sunday and Wednesday night, but every day, all day of every week, every year of our entire lives is to be given to the Lord. And that's really an overall quick review of the letters to Timothy and the church there in Ephesus. And again, to you and me is the, the, the bringing us to the place where we learn to live godly lives to express Christ daily because only when Christ is expressed is God glorified. I'm going to say that one more time. Only when Christ is expressed <clears throat> is God glorified. Jesus pretty much taught that in John chapter 5 when he talked about him being the vine, we being the branches. And unless we abide in him, we can bear no fruit. But when we do bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit, fruit that remains... The Father is glorified. That's all taught by Jesus in John chapter 5. So again, uh, we need to see that in these letters that the point uh, of the letters being written, again, is a lot of instruction, but it's all toward us living godly lives in the different aspects, whether it's pastors, overseers, elders, widows that we've talked about. All sorts of avenues of ministry or, or situations in the church, but it's all about godliness, expressing Christ, and we're going to see that today. And uh, I was telling Robin and Kathy before the session began how it's kind of... I know it's just the Lord that has us right here where we are in the scriptures today and he does that often for us here at Crossway Church based on what's going on in the world all around us today and so we're going we're gonna to talk about some of that and especially on Sunday morning I, I encourage you to tune in. The uh, Lord's already stirring my heart about what we'll minister Sunday morning, so it's going to be great. But 1 Timothy chapter 6 this morning, uh, and I pray the Lord give us this bread that we need. The bread of life that we need is every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The entirety of God's word, and Jesus is that living word. If, if we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, but Jesus claimed he's the life, then you can never separate the two. The written word of God from the living word of God, and what he did at Calvary is what makes all that 
applicable to our hearts. Hallelujah. And I believe he's going to touch us today and give us something we need today. If I didn't, I'd just stay at home and go do something else. But I believe when we share the word, when we've studied the word, and we want to hear the word and be taught the word so the outcome can be the manifestation of the truth. 2 Corinthians 4 and 2. The manifestation of the truth takes place when we're learning, being taught the truth, and I believe that's going to happen today. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. Now you have to stop and have to remember that during this time when this was written, slavery was a huge thing. I mean, there was uh, masters and servants, slaves, and, and, and I mean, thank God America is out of that, even though a lot of people think they're still slaves, and they, and they live like they think they are. But thank God that uh, we don't, we're not caught up in that. But hear me, we can use this today for employers versus employees. We can use this today even to be delivered from old mindsets of slavery because what's going on on the streets of America today and all these riots taking place in the name of somebody being killed which is not why it's going on it's going on because of sin it was sin that took place when the police officer killed the black man and it's sin today as a result of that sin it's nothing but the circle of sin and if you're in it you're trapped and until you turn to Christ not go to church on Sunday and say Jesus but when you turn to him and repent and follow him you'll be delivered so here and, and let me remind us today that the Bible is not uh, optional it's optional whether you believe it or not but when God gave it it, he gave it as commands, and you and I will accept it as commands and repent, humble ourselves, find ourselves broken, and just believe God and go God's way, or we'll function in pride, and he'll resist us all the days of our lives, even though we're saying, oh, thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah, and glory. You can have all the outer expressions, and God be resisting you <coughs> if your faith is not in Christ and what he did at Calvary. And that doesn't mean you say it is. That means your life is changed because of that and now you're following Christ. So uh, again, this is commands. Most, most of the church can't be told anything today. If they start hearing anything that's like toward them directly, they'll just go find him another preacher until he directly begins to minister to them. Then they'll just keep moving around. Some folk been in every church in town because they're prideful. They can't stay planted. Now, if they, if they kept looking for the truth, the preaching of the cross, well, that's legitimate. But when they find it, they done been around the block so many times, it's going to be hard for them to even sit there very long. So you need to be careful with all that. He says, let as many servants, and here he's talking about slaves under masters because he calls it uh, being under the yoke. And that's related to cattle having yoke on them. That means under the yoke. That means they're under their yoke. And sometimes slaves had bad taskmasters, evil taskmasters. Some had good taskmasters. Some had good masters. And it wasn't a problem serving them, but some had evil masters. But he says here, let all, I'm sorry, let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. Do you see what's the most important thing there? Is not you getting your opinion out in the public. I'm talking to Christians. Lost people can't understand what I'll say today. They can't understand the Bible. I'm talking to Christians today. Employees versus employers. Um, that's what we're talking about today. And, and, and the Lord has always had order. The, the Apostle Paul always taught order. You know, honor the elders. He's already taught that. We, we've studied that. He's, he's taught how a wife is to submit to their own husbands. Husbands are to love their wives uh, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Children are to submit themselves, obey their parents, honor their parents in the Lord. Paul flat out taught 
uh, subordination. He taught order. And here we find an order. And listen, nobody likes slavery. And I'm not here to really to talk about slavery today. I'm here to talk about back in that day, it was the case. And we, you and I may not be slaves as the sense was written, in the sense it was written back in the day, but we can still have some mentality. And a great example is on your everyday job. It seems like almost all the employees just have a dislike for the boss, basically just because he's the boss. Now, oh, they got their reasons why they don't like him. But I promise you, if he died and they made any one of you, even though all 15 of you is getting along in your big buds, the moment one of you become the supervisor, that's it. Now you're the bad guy. That's the attitude in the world today. Just because there is order. Just because there is authority in positions. The world don't like policemen. Look what they're doing in our nation. They're digging a hole. Listen, these folks, are. They, I, feel, I feel more sorry <coughs> for the people who are out there doing that stuff on the streets who think they're ruling and reigning, who are only digging a deeper pit for themselves. Digging a deeper pit for themselves. They're not going to come out of this victorious. Sin never has a good answer. It only ends in death. The wages of sin is death. You're not getting out of it. And so, listen, in verse 1, the most important thing in the mind of God, because when you're in the Bible, you're reading the mind of God, not the mind of Paul. You're reading the mind of the Spirit, the mind of God. And he says, listen, I don't care if you're under the yoke. Of a, of a bad master. It doesn't matter. You're to count your master worthy of all honor. Here's why. So that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. That's your goal, child of God. If you're not willing to go that route, then you're, you're not living for God. You can't live for God because we don't live for God under our own thoughts, ways, and opinions. Now, again, we might say we are, we might think we are, but when it's all said and done, the only thing that's going to be remembered and honored and rewarded is what expressed Christ. And all that mess going on in our nation today is not expressing Christ, it's expressing Satan and his rebellion against God. And we either fall in one of, the, one of those places. We're either being led by the Spirit following Christ or we're being led by our flesh and the evil principalities and powers. And Christians can be. So I'm going to say it again. You and I are called in spite of all the situations to carry ourselves in a way that the name of God and His doctrine is not blasphemed. It doesn't matter how you're being treated. We don't like to be being treated bad. It's not right that we're being treated bad. It's not right that there is a two-tier justice system in America, which again, that's all that you see on the streets in our cities now is a reaping of a two-tiered, unbalanced weights, scales, justice system. When the tops of the government don't have to obey the law, that's eventually going to result in the people not obeying the law and piling up and showing us what they don't have to. So all we're doing in America is reaping what we've sown. But today, we're talking to Christians. And the most important thing in your life is to express Christ. In spite of what they said to you, did to you, did to your family, no, we don't like it, no, we, we hope it never happens, this, that, and the other. But let me tell you, the, God is not going to be pleased with our retaliation. God says vengeance is His. And we are to live quiet, peaceable lives with our hearts full of assurance in Him, trusting in Him. And the most important thing, for the child of God. And I know there's not as many as think they are. And the most of those who are children of God, they're in the flesh. They're living in the flesh. You need to think about that. Why would God 
care more about his doctrine being tainted, his name being blasphemed against, than the way his people were treated. Because if we live right, if we keep expressing Christ through it all, these these tyrants, these how are they going to get saved if we just jump in the same boat with them and, and sin for sin? How was, how was God represented in its greatest viewing on the earth at the cross? Look back at Jesus. He wasn't treated right. They didn't treat him right. They rejected him. They talked bad about him. They spit on him. They pulled his beard out. They nailed spikes in his body. They, they, they whipped him and beat him till, his, till the Bible says you couldn't even recognize it was a man. Let me tell you something, folks. We're talking about that today. Because more importantly to God is people becoming His children than the way His children are treated by the world. Now don't make a mistake about it. When people treat us bad, they're treating Him bad. And there will be a reward, but it's not to come from us. Vengeance is the Lord's. What did the Lord ask? Saul, before he became Paul on the road to Damascus, why are you persecuting me? Well, who was he persecuting? The church. Well, Jesus called the church him. So we need to remember these things. We don't need to be carried off in these vigilante tyrants. Now, I'm not talking about somebody because people will hear this and they'll say, well, bless God if somebody's trying to break in my house. I'm not talking about protecting yourself. I'm talking about getting caught up in all this oppressive, sinful. Don't nobody care about what, it, what we think? Our opinions on social media. And I, don't nobody care about what you think? I've unfollowed so many people because I don't care about what they think. I'm not being ugly. I've unfollowed. I didn't unfriend them. I've unfollowed so many people. I'm not, listen, I, I care about what's going on, but I'm not going to get off in it. My, my degree of being in all that is before the Lord at His throne in prayer, trusting in Him. Hallelujah. Why is that, Curtis? Why, why don't you get more in? You need to get involved. No, I don't. You don't either. If you have something to say, if you, when it comes time to vote, it, every day is a day of prayer if you're a child of God. What's more important is are you expressing the doctrine and the God you believe in, expressing Christ, or you, your life, 90% of expressing your opinions and thoughts of what's going on in the world, but I don't, is there any gospel coming out of you? Is there any doctrine coming out of you that saved you? Well, we don't have to do all that. That's for Sunday morning at church. See, that, that's our problem in America. <clears throat> and because of that attitude... You got that, what you got in the cities going on. It's not just because of what's going on evil in the government. It's the church calling themselves the church, but not being the church. Amen, Brother Curtis. You can turn me off now. It's fine. I'll still be here when you get back, when you figure out I was right. Don't miss out on the most important role here mentioned for the Christian to play which is to live in a way that the doctrine and the God we claim to serve is not blasphemed. And he's blasphemed in many ways. When we live in a way that gives others an occasion to look at us and say, well, they're a Christian and look at them. How about this one? Oh, I thought they, I thought they were preachers of the cross. Well, I listened. They weren't preaching the cross. I don't know why they weren't. I guess they're getting too distracted in other things today. Today, the typical Christian in our nation is more concerned with and focused on their national rights than they are their Christian duties. They will forfeit, the typical Christian will forfeit their Christian duties to express Christ for the sake of their rights as a nation. Now I understand many people have fought for this nation, died for the freedoms and the rights we have as a nation, and it may have to happen again. 
And I don't have anything negative to say about that. All I have to say about that is positive things. But for the child of God, whatever you're involved in, it must be for the purpose of expressing Christ. Because He's the one that gave us this country. He's the one that gave us freedom in our hearts, made us free. No matter what happens to a nation, we are free in Him. And we've had to fight. And many, many thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have died for our freedoms. And there's nothing, there's nothing that I'll say negative against that because, again, all I could say is positive things for that. But you just need to be very cautious that whatever you start getting involved in doesn't pull you in to such a degree that the expression of Christ is gone. That's the danger. That's the danger. And that's where the church is today. They don't really care. And this church is accusing that church, and that church is accusing this church, and they're both out there sinking in, 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 in ships with holes in the bottom of them. Amen, Brother Curtis, or oh me and help me, Lord. Verse 2 says, And they that have believing masters, see here on the other side, because some are under the yoke, but some have believing Christian masters. Let them not despise them because they are brothers, but rather do them service. Serve them because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. Now, now right here, I want to make this statement. When you read 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we'll get into that one day. I pray the Lord comes today. We won't ever make it that far. But when we get into 2 Timothy chapter 4, we'll see Paul writing, and at the end of his life, he's telling Timothy, all have forsaken me. The, these things right here is a part of the reason all forsook Paul. Because they just, I'm just not going to listen to you, preacher. I don't care if you are quoting scripture. I heard a man one time, uh, this has been 20 years ago, a preacher was preaching against racism and, and sharing the scriptures. And, and uh, after ch as immediately after church was over, the man was in the foyer uh, near the door and said, some, said something racial. And his daughter, teenage daughter, said, Dad, you just heard that message. You heard what the preacher said. And he said, and he meant it with a look on his face to mean it. He said, I don't care what the preacher said. I'll never forget that. And that's, that's typical in the church today. That's, that's typical. That, that matter of fact is basically it. Whether it comes out the mouth, the attitude is still there. Even if we're, oh, you know, smart enough not to say something like that, it's still in the heart. I don't care what that preacher said. And again, 2 Timothy chapter 4, we see Paul at the end of his life writing to Timothy saying, Everybody's for all have forsaken me. Why? Because he preached nothing but the gospel and he instructed, God instructed through him, the church, to live these godly lives in spite of the way they were treated by ungodly masters, if they had godly born-again masters, to do them service. That means be a, really be a blessing to them, to serve them because they're family in Christ. Hallelujah. And he says, these things you are to teach and to exhort. That means teach and encourage in these things, these things. Church, I don't want to hear no more of that. They'll turn, off, they'll turn you off in a heartbeat if you're saying anything they don't like to hear. I'm amazed these days at people that claim God sent them to a certain church and I'm planted in this certain church and, and we're sitting under this pastor and all of a sudden they begin to decide. They decide. The preacher's not preaching what he ought to preach from the Bible where he ought to be preaching from. They decide that. Like they're the pastors now. Because they're given a certain amount of money now, they decide the preacher ought to be preaching over here. And it's amazing. We've forgotten how the church operates. And again, that's why the letters are part of the reason why the letters are written to Timothy 
and the church there in Ephesus, and again, you and me, so we'll know how to behave ourselves in the house of God. And uh, these things have just been avoided. They've not been taught properly. They, they, listen, when you read the New Testament, you are rarely, rarely going to turn a page without seeing instructions, commands, and warnings all everywhere. But nobody sees that till the Lord is able to get them back to Calvary because it is an exclusive, narrow way that's so exclusive and so narrow that few are going to find it. It's not a way that excludes people. They exclude themselves from not believing it, which is the way of the cross for the salvation of the soul or the sanctification of a life to be able to bear the fruit of Christ, express Him in this world in spite of our situations. Again, look back to the cross. It's the picture you look at. It appeared Christ was being defeated. Why would He, why would he not rise? Why would He not call legions of angels? Because the grace of God only flowed into Him and through Him as He tasted death in humble obedience to that command He'd been given. Grace doesn't come to us through any other avenue. We can pretend it does all day long, but until we come back to the faith, which is faith in the cross, we'll just be pretending and not contending for that faith and that grace. These things teach and exhort. If any man... Now, now, now Paul, this, Paul, what Paul is writing here, I guarantee it, folk left the church. They left. Who is this man going to tell us? We go across the street and hear another man. He ain't going to be telling us all this. You know, because the more prideful a man or a woman is, the less they're going to be able to submit to anybody. It's pride, and Paul's going to get into that right here. And, 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 and I don't know how preachers have preached this for years, but it must be out of context because when you preach it and share it like Paul wrote it and taught it, folk going to get mad. But if you don't see it as an act of love coming from God, what people are caught up in, they, want, they really want the preacher to get up and cry all the time and just to try to prove that he's preaching in the right manner, in the right attitude. Listen, listen. it don't matter if folk are crying or not. All that matters is, is the heart believing what's written. You can be laughing, you can be crying. All that matters is none of that at the end of the day, but if the heart is still believing unto righteousness. That doesn't mean just your initial salvation. See, that's something else we've messed up on. Well, it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Then the mouth confesses unto salvation. We've used that Romans 10.10 for the initial born-again experience, rightly so, but then we've thrown it out because we're born again now. No, if you don't continue to believe with the heart unto righteousness, you're not, you can't walk in faith because all of God's words are in righteousness. And righteousness is only revealed, uh, the first scripture there was Proverbs 8 and 8 for all the new folks. All God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. They're not found anywhere else. They can't be understood anywhere else. They can't be imparted by the Holy Spirit through any other avenue except in righteousness. And God's righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. The gospel is the truth and the truth is the gospel. Because Proverbs 12 and 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. So truth is equated to the gospel and the gospel to the truth. You can't separate them. Because God's words are in righteousness. So if we're going to keep on living by faith, the just are not only justified by faith through the blood of Jesus, but we live. By faith. It's got to be faith in God's words in their righteous context. Or our judgment can't be righteous judgment as Jesus taught. It has to be in John 7, 24. So watch now in verse 3. If any man teach otherwise, if you disagree with Paul, you're wrong. That's a fact. That's the truth. If you disagree with what Paul wrote, you're wrong. 
I'm wrong. Because God, the Holy Spirit, gave Paul what Paul wrote. Paul was the last of the chosen disciples, chosen after the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus by Jesus, that, that was given the authority to speak on behalf of Christ and to write with authority so that what he wrote was classified by the Lord as scriptures. And Peter recognized that as well. Don't forget that. So when you disagree with Paul or you change what Paul taught or you teach otherwise and you don't consent unto wholesome words which are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the word even means. And to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud. He knows nothing. Oh, I'm leaving now. I'm, I'm out. I, there's a preacher across the street would never, uh-uh, uh-uh. And, you know, it, that may be in the Bible, but our preacher's not going to put that up in our face. Uh-uh, he's not going to do it. And you, you ain't got no preacher then. You got a hireling. I'm going to read this again. If any man teach otherwise and consent, and that means agree to the wholesome words, even, which means according to, which are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, there's the authority. And to the doctrine, which means the teaching, which is according to godliness. If what you're believing is not producing godliness according to the word, the teachings of Christ and all of God's word, you're not believing right. The object of your faith is wrong. Verse 4 says, if any, well, if any man teach otherwise, verse 4, he's proud, he knows nothing, but he's doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof comes envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from which, from such, withdraw thyself. Supposing that that godliness, where are we here? Supposing that gain is godliness, and really what it, what's written here is supposing that godliness is a means of gain. Listen, when you got saved, you became a godly child of God. You became righteous, just in the eyes of God. But it's walking this out. I'm one of those preachers that teaches the experience, the fruit bearing. You got far too many preachers, and it's good to know that you're justified and at the right hand of God in Christ at this very moment, you're already there because you're in Him and with Him. But let me tell you something, when you throw all this away on the earth, the opportunities you have daily, just because you're justified in Him, you've made a grave and dangerous mistake. You can bear fruit and express Christ daily because you're in Him at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. Not because of I'm, I, I'm already secure there that I don't have to do anything no that's the wrong thinking that's stinking thinking because I'm justified in at the right hand of the Father in Christ now because of that I can live for God and express Christ and carry myself as, as, as my life becomes the gospel a godly person not perfect but godly and known for it known for it not nice and manner but godly that means, listen, a lot of nice folk, a lot of well-behaved and well-mannered folk, but a godly life is sustaining from the evil. Sustaining themselves, not sustaining, but keeping themselves, abstaining from the evil. And they're known for it. Ain't no need to, man, ain't no need to invite them over. 
A lot, of, a lot of godly people won't get hired on certain jobs because they don't want that conviction with that person there toting that Bible in every day, throwing it out there at breaking lunches. They don't want that on the workplace. That, that would hinder their sinful lives. Somebody getting anything this morning? So let me read here what we've got. When we keep the context in view, we can understand the Scriptures better. Remember, he's talking about servants serving masters properly. And see, the masters were the ones who were really had the outer appearance of being more blessed. They owned the companies. They owned the plantations. They owned the farms. The other folks were just slaves working for them. So you don't look at your master and think he's more godly because he's the owner of everything. And the masters, don't be looking at your slaves like they're not as godly as you because you own all this stuff. Just because you, you've been more fortunate, more blessed, and have this thing. and We can get caught up in a wrong mentality. And Israel was found in that boat when Jesus showed up. John the Baptist out there preaching the coming Christ. Looked down on by the ones who thought they were right with God, looked down upon, talked negative, eventually took his head off because he was coming against sin. So, verse 4 says that anyone who disagrees with what is here taught by Paul and goes the opposite direction knows nothing. The result of proper doctrine will always be godliness. Ungodliness is always the fruit of false doctrine. Even if our words are right, there's a mass difference between telling folks what right, what's right and us carrying it out our own selves, believing it to the point of bearing fruit. And this is only seen by those who are walking in the truth. And when you make comments like that, people say, well, see, there they are. They think they're the only ones that knows. And believe me, that has never come out of my mouth in all these years I've been a minister, but we've been accused of that many times. We've been called the elitist. Well, that's what Paul was called. That's why at the end of his life, everybody forsook him. He'd been the elitist, the man, oh, he only, he's the only one that knows anything. Same thing's happening today. But listen, <clears throat> those who are walking in the truth, those who are walking in obedience to the Word because their faith is in the cross and the Holy Spirit's enabling them to walk in the truth. Because you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. And He won't walk you in the truth unless your faith is in the cross. If your faith's not in the cross, <clears throat> then your faith is not in the only thing God's offered you to free you and keep you free and to give you grace to function in that freedom. I'm going to give you an example from Galatians chapter 2. <clears throat> and this is when Peter did his big piece of stupid and right before everybody, you know how he became a, a hypocrite, moved away from the, the chicken leg eating Gentiles when he saw the, uh, the non-chicken leg eating folks coming out of Jerusalem from James's church. He heard they were coming. He got up and pushed away from the Gentiles. You've heard me teach it before. And, and he got away from them. And watch now what Paul says as he writes the church in Galatia reminding them of this, what happened in Antioch to Peter and what happened to him in Peter and other, in Antioch and others who were involved. Peter was moved by the flesh, by fear in the flesh to such a degree that others, even Barnabas, the Bible says, was moved into the same dissimulation. That word means hypocrisy. Oh, we can, we can do what they're doing as long as them folk ain't here. But when them folk, oh, I got to get away. That's, uh-uh. You either living in freedom or you ain't. As a Christian, you are free. question is, are you experiencing it? And, and that's a big part of the, the reason this is written also because when you're functioning in the way the Word, in what the Word instructs, you're functioning as a free, as a, as a, a, in freedom. You're standing fast in that freedom. When you're rebelling against the word, well, I know what it says, but you, you don't know our situation. That's pride. Well, I, I know what the Bible says, brother, but, but you don't, listen, and I know all that, but you don't know our situation. That's pride. When you exalt your thoughts 
Your vain imaginations, and they're vain if they're opposing what God has wrote. What God has said. There's no lie found in anything outside of what God has said. We only live spiritually by every word God has spoken. Jesus said that in Matthew 4, 4. Don't forget it. Watch this now. This is Paul now. He says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 14, it'll do you good to go read that chapter soon. But when I saw, when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, how did he see that? Because he was walking upright according to the truth of the gospel. Only those who are walking upright according to the truth of the gospel can recognize those who are not. And if they are walking upright according to the truth of the gospel, when they see those that are not, they won't condemn them. They will, though, in love, as Paul did. And that doesn't mean stand up and put on a show, a display of crying. If you, if you want to do that, I'm not knocking it. But the power ain't in that. The power is in the gospel. And that's what Paul did. He said, I said unto Peter <coughs> before them all, if you being a Jew live after the manner of Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why are you compelling the Gentiles to live as now, live as the Jews? Get rid of them chick, get rid of those chicken legs. Hide them. Folks from Jerusalem are coming. It was okay till they got here. See that hip, hypocrisy. Paul said, when I saw, you want eyes to see, my friend? You've got to trust in nothing but the work of Christ at Calvary or you do not and will not ever have eyes to see. You received them when you were born again. But Peter, by fear and a lack of faith, a wrong object of faith was moved into hypocrisy. Well, that's being spiritually blind. He, he, he wasn't seeing properly. That's why Paul wrote it like he did. When I saw, see, you got to see. Thank God there's some people on the earth today that can see. If we couldn't see that other people are not walking upright according to the truth of the gospel, we, we couldn't be preaching the gospel because we wouldn't ourselves know. Think about that. Now, he says here in verse 4 of chapter 6, 1 Timothy, talking about he's proud, he knows nothing. And who is it? If any man teaching anything otherwise than what Paul taught, first of all, he said, let them be accursed. Here he says, he describes who they are. They're prideful, they know nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof comes envy and strife, railings, evil surmisings. These are the very reasons Paul would be forsaken by almost all that had walked with him. And I'll read that to you this morning from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Listen. At my first answer no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Nevertheless, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. The mouth of the lion being the roar of the one who thinks he's the lion, the enemy, and all those the enemy is allowed to work in and through because they reject the cross of Christ. All who reject the cross have the power of Satan. It's more than the flesh. It's the power and the ministry of Satan at work. Now think about that. I, think, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter... Uh, I'm not sure. Let me look it up for you right quick. It is a Bible study, isn't it? Uh... It is, I want to share it, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Now I'm going to go there, uh, chapter 11, verses 13 through 
15. Now, I'm giving you this this morning because if we're not trusting in what Christ did at Calvary for the transformation of our daily lives, that being conformed into His image by being made conformable unto His death, I'm just quoting Scripture, then we're trusting in a self-transforming method. It's either by Christ and what He did and the Holy Spirit through our faith in that legal work legally now can conform us into the image of Christ. If that's not what we're trusting in, and 99.9% .9 of the church is not, we're trusting in something we can do. There are whole millions of people in our nation that think unless you do a work, you're not even going to heaven. That is a self-transformational ministry, and all self-transformation is of Satan. I'm going to read it to you in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Oh, they come in His name. They come in His name. They come bearing His name, but they're false. They're deceitful workers because they, they don't trust in Christ. They have ministries of self-transformation. Now watch this in verse 14. And don't marvel, because Satan himself is transformed, and that means transformed himself as an angel of light. Get this, don't forget this, light. Don't remember that word, light. Verse 15, Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers, Satan's ministers, also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Now I want to show you something this morning. Here we see the word light being referenced with righteousness. Because our light, the light of Christ is the light of our righteousness. In Him. He is our righteousness and the righteousness of God is our light. It's our light. The path of the, ju the, path of the just shall shine more until that perfect day. Proverbs 4.18 The path of the just shall shine more. But yet the word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. But yet the Bible says in Revelation 21.23 that the Lamb is the light. John 8, 12, Jesus said, I'm the light. Well, make your mind up, preacher. Is it the written word of God? Is it Jesus, the Son, the man, Son of man, the Son of God? Or is it the Lamb? It's all three. It's the word of the truth, who Jesus is, of the gospel, which is what he did at Calvary. Now, now make no mistake about it. You can study this out and you'll see any, anything we're trusting in, our flesh our, is flesh. If it's not what Christ did at Calvary, then we think we can do it. That's the ministry of Satan. Self-transformation. If I can just get water baptized, if I can do that work, if I can just stop doing this, if, if I'll do ten Hail Marys, if I can do this four or five times. I, no, you can't do anything without Jesus that God will recognize, honor, and reward and that will be remembered eternally. Jesus taught that in John chapter 5. Without me, you can do no thing. Not one. No thing. Nothing. So that tells us only through Him, my faith in what He did at Calvary, can I then do all things through Him who strengthens me. And He endured the cross for the joy that was set before Him, and that joy is the joy of the Lord, is our strength. So all I have to do is trust in the cross, and the Holy Spirit will conform me into that same image Amen. If that's not what I'm trusting in, and hear me, 99.9% .9 of the church is not trusting in what saved them. That, that, that is what saved them or they never got saved. But now they're trusting in the purpose driven, the government of 12, the words they speak, the money they give, many biblical things that we should be doing. But now their faith is in what they're doing. 
That's a self-transformational ministry. Satan's behind it. You got to get up and get out of there. You got to get up and get out of there. I know you got something out of that. Watch this now. He is proud means he's not humble. Means he's not getting grace. Means he's not operating in grace. If you're prideful, you can't have grace. And the Bible says you're prideful if you don't agree with what Paul wrote. And that's if you don't agree with anything in the Bible. But here, specifically, it gets down to where the rubber, as they say, meets the highway. Any man who teaches anything contrary otherwise, and what I have written to you, Paul says, he's proud and he don't know anything. Nothing. So we don't need to hear his lips. This is why we, the Bible says, withdraw yourself from them, come out from among them, turn away from them, those who have a form of godliness but are denying the power. The cross, the preaching of the cross is the power of God. We're to withdraw from, come out from, turn away from. Listen, not, it ain't a joy to do that. It hurts us to have to do that. But if we stay where we know the message is not right, and it's really Satan behind its thrust, and he, he's all behind it if, if it's self-transformational. You don't ever need to forget that. And if it's not the cross, it's Satan. It's not just our flesh. There's doctrines, teachings of devils that the teachings they provide, the, the lust of our flesh runs after that. Because we're so driven to works. And works are in Christ. They're not outside of Christ. I've told it over the last year or so. so powerful to me. Nobody has ever worked their way into Christ. Because all the works, according to the Bible, Ephesians 2 and 10, are in Him. So the works don't begin till you are in Him where they are and you can't be in Him until you believe exclusively in the work He did at Calvary. Then the works begin. But it's the works of the Holy Spirit in and through you. If you, if you are sitting under other than what Paul taught, listening to things taught contrary to what Paul taught, you're prideful and you don't know anything. You're not operating in grace because God doesn't give grace to the prideful. He only gives grace to the humble. And there's a lot of confusion in the church well, how do you know who's humble? And, how, and how, how, do you, how do you know? Paul said, when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, then I had to say something to Peter. See, when you see someone not walking uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, not talking about the world living in sin, I'm talking about the church who thinks they're walking upright before God, which, by the way, Psalms 94, 15, write it down, defines what being upright is. It means when you, when you are following after judgment that's returned unto righteousness. That's powerful, my friends. The upright is not the business owner in town. The man's got five kids and they all dress nice and go into church on Sunday morning. It looks so sweet and happy. Hallelujah. And I'm not uh, uh, bad-mouthing that, but I'm saying his business owning and his faith does not make him upright before God. His giving money does not make him upright before God. His Bible reading, his church attendance does not make him upright before God. It's when he's following after judgment that has returned unto righteousness. Psalms 94, 15, write it down and shout hallelujah. Don't get mad, get glad. You're not going to be left in your confusion and your cloudy mess. God's reaching for you today, pulling you out of that, back into the light of the truth. Hallelujah. Doting about questions and strifes of words is really being obsessed with disputes. You know folk like that. Look on social media. I don't follow any of them anymore. All they do is get on there and try to stir something up. 
That's all they do. Everybody knows who they are. Everybody knows them. They're not out there sharing the word in the, in the truth of the gospel context. They're just out there just trying to come against all the controversial things and, and just all that. That's what they are. They're obsessed. They're doting. Doting. They're obsessed with disputes. Most Christians are in that boat. I mean, all this stuff, that it don't matter what it is. It, it, today, if it's the Corona-19, if it's the, the riots in the streets, if it's if whatever it is, Christians are just sucked into it. Sucked into it. And they think rightly so. Because they got to tell everybody what they think. And this person is also the instigator of envy, strife, railings, and surmisings, which are revelings and suspicions. Just all kind of false things. Now watch this. Where there is envy and strife, there is confusion. And every, everybody say every, every evil work. Now I'm going to read this again. This is James 3.16. This has always been paramount in my heart. And, and if this can't just cause you to cry out for more, more, more vision and more understanding of the cross, then I don't know what's going to help you, my friend. Because where there's envy and strife, for where envying and strife is... There is confusion and every evil work. You know how many churches today are full of envy and strife? Full of it. There's only one reason why they are. Just one. Only one. There's all the reasons they get all fooey on all that. That's just the, the symptoms. that are. There's only one reason all these churches are full of envy and strife. Because they're not striving together for the faith of the gospel. We got churches in our community and there are churches in every community. Nothing more than potluck, melting pots. And they'll tell you that when you call to ask them, what do y'all believe? I mean, one fellow in our church called a church, one of the uh, most crowded churches in our little old uh, five, uh, three, three, two-mile radius right here. When he was looking for a church, he called this one particular church and said, what do y'all believe? They said, we believe everything. We're just a melting pot. You're welcome. In all reality, it's a church that is what we know is oneness. They think Jesus is the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the Father, you can't go to heaven unless you speak in other tongues. And they got a big old crowd of people down there. But see, here's the deal. They don't teach what they really believe from the pulpit. If they did, a lot of them folks that are going would leave. They don't teach that until they see you wanting to submit to them. Then they'll put you in a room back there and teach you because they already see you're submitted to them. It ain't the truth you're after. You're just after them being able to do something for you. And that's a bad problem in the church. So, he says in verse 5, Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Destitute of the truth means to be kept back by fraud. That means you, you can't obey the truth, you can't function in the truth because you're, you, you, you're believing something that's fraudulent. It's not right. And somebody told me about three years ago after a service one Sunday morning, they came to me and they said, you know, Pastor Curtis, God's people aren't going to come back to the cross as long as they're trusting in whatever that is and they think it's working. Even though it's not working and God won't function in it, they're deceived and they think it is. They're not coming back to the cross. These people we're talking about, Paul wrote about they're destitute of the truth. They're being kept back from the truth by fraud, by believing something that's not truth that they think is truth. And, and, and one way to just throw that out there on the table is all of God's word is truth. But it's perverted if it's outside the context of the man who claimed to be the truth. This simply means that while we're trusting in anything other than Christ and Him crucified, pride is operating and we're being kept back by that which is not truth. 
I will never surrender to the way of the cross as a Christian for daily grace. They will never surrender to the way of the cross as a Christian for daily grace and all provision from the Lord as long as they believe something else is working for them even though it's not. Not according to the Bible. There is a way that seems right to man, but the end of that way is death. So, And the, and the Bible here tells us to withdraw ourselves from them. It's not an option, my friend. You've got to get out from among them. Amen? Well, I hope you've been blessed today. I pray that what you're seeking God for, you will find that in Him today. Be sure and tune in with us this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, right here, same avenue, you're watching this. And every Friday morning, cross time with Pastor Curtis. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.